Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Comerica Ballpark in Detroit. It's the Detroit Tigers 6, the Cleveland Indians 4. The Tigers even up the series. Uh, technically, we're even up in the standings, although they've played more games than us. And now it's all going to be decided on a Sunday game. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. But before I do that, I've got a little bit of uh, show news for you. I've got some fun news to talk about. You've obviously seen the new logo, and I told you with the new logo was going to come merchandise, and I've done it. I've pulled it off. I now have a merch shop up and running. It is ClevelandBaseballMornings.MySpreadShop.com. T-shirts, hoodies kids shirts, long sleeve shirts. It's all available there. The baseball style shirts. I've got two different designs up there. One, the logo in blue, one, the logo in red. I can't tell you how cool it is to have your own merch out there, merch for your own show out there. So I've already ordered a couple of t-shirts myself. Everything in the shop is 15% off for the next 10 days. That's a fun promotion that Spreadshop does when you launch a store. There are going to be coffee mugs coming, but for some reason, my coffee mug design is under review. I, I have no idea why things go under review. So there is going to be an official coffee mug of Cleveland Baseball Mornings coming for all you morning people who like to throw on the podcast, sip your coffee, maybe on your way to work, or uh, once you get to the office, you'll have an official coffee mug. Um, so we're working on that. But the uh, link is in the show description. It's going to be my pinned tweet, uh, pinned tweet on Twitter. So if you want to get some merch and kind of rep Cleveland baseball mornings, plus it just makes a good shirt to go to an Indians game in. I mean, come on. It's, it says Cleveland baseball right across the front. So it's got our uh, our pod dude logo on it. Uh, pod dude, that just comes from the graphic designer uh, who helped me design the logo. She labeled him pod dude, so I'm going with it. Um, so yeah, it's got hit the pod dude, uh, shadow, you know, kind of icon guy and then Cleveland baseball mornings under it, uh, just like the main logo looks. So yeah, a bunch of different varieties, a bunch of different options on there, men's and women's and kids clothing. So check it out. It'd be so cool. Uh, if I see someone at an Indians game, uh, wearing one of these shirts, I will lose my mind. That would be so cool. So, uh, Yeah. Go ahead, check it out in the show notes. Check it out on Twitter. You can find the link, clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com. All right, now let's get into the storylines of this baseball game because, unfortunately, the Indians do not come out on top of this one despite handling Willie Peralta pretty well. Um, you know, the Indians are going with an opener here, Sam Henches against Willie Peralta. And the top storyline for me is that weak exit velocity does in the Indians on this one. On a day when everybody's waiting for the big shot, the big home run from Miguel Cabrera, and we end up hitting him with a pitch and walking him in the eighth inning. Oh, that was brutal. In fact, the walk turns into be the go-ahead run. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam Henches, who was the opener, and then Shaw, who comes in to pitch the eighth inning. I think they both got done in by weak contact. Now, what am I talking about? Now, obviously, in the first inning, 
Uh, Candelario absolutely smokes one off of uh, Sam Hedges. This is after Miguel Cabrera singles. Now, this is after he strikes out Robbie Grossman and strikes out Jonathan Scope. So let's go to that uh, those matchups in the first inning because, honest to God, Hedges did not pitch that bad. Uh, he blows away Grossman on five pitches, gets him to swing at a high fastball, and blows him away with a 93.8 mile per hour fastball. And then Jonathan Scope uh, gets him on a called strike. He drops a curveball after throwing him hard stuff three times in a row. Drops a curveball at the top of the zone for strike three. So you think Henches is cooking? Now he's got to face Miguel Cabrera with everybody waiting for the big home run. Miguel Cabrera does what I think Miguel Cabrera should do. If you're trying to hit that home run every at bat, you are not going to have success. So go up there and just have good plate appearances, and the home run will come. It, and it must be so mentally draining to try to get over this hump and get that 500th home run. So he singles into left field, 104.7 mile per hour exit velocity on the second pitch on a fastball that's right there inside for him. Now, most people could blow away Miguel Cabrera inside with fastballs. He gets ahead in this one. Uh, and then Candelario, again, all fastballs. He kind of falls into a rhythm here. And he falls behind Candelario. He doesn't walk anybody. So that's good to see from Hedges. No walks on the day. But he does fall behind Candelario 2-0 here. And that's ultimately what does him in in this at-bat. Uh, so he starts off with a fastball high. Then he misses inside to the switch hitter, and then he throws one basically right down the pipe. This is at belt level, middle of the plate, and he turns and cranks this one, 106.4 mile-per-hour exit velocity, only 359 feet, but it's enough to clear the wall and go out for a two-run home run to start the game. So, yes, he got hit absolutely hard there, no doubt about it. Uh, But the next time up, it wouldn't be the same situation here. The next time up, in the second inning, he does give up another run. It's back-to-back uh, singles here uh, for uh, Willie Castro and Victor Reyes. I believe Willie Castro also has a stolen base in this sequence here. And the exit velocity on these hits, uh, Willie Castro's single is 68.7 miles per hour. So not a monster hit at all into right field, drops it into right field. He does steal second. Uh, and then Victor Reyes would single to also to right field. Another bloop hit. This time the exit velocity is at 75.4. So induces weak contact. But these guys just got lucky and dropped them in. Just these bloop hits. And, I mean, you kind of got to give the hitters credit there, right? To be up there, to be fighting, whatever they fought off. Uh, to drop in a base hit like that. I mean, the expected batting averages on these are sky high because it's no man's land. It's no man's land in the outfield there. There's nothing that, uh, uh, you know, the right fielder uh, Bradley Zimmer can do about it, you know? They're just, they're base hits. What are you going to do? They're getting singled, as we call it in soft, old man softball, singled to death. So, uh, yeah, those two weak contacts turn into the third run. He would strike out Robbie Grossman for the final out uh, that he would make on the day. Uh, so, yeah, so overall, I can't really say it's a bad job from Hench's pitching. Going over to the illustrator here, he was missing with his fastball a little bit. 
Uh, he wasn't as pinpoint accurate with his fastball, left a lot high, missed a lot inside to these right-handed hitters that he was facing. Does a good job with the curveball. Let's go to the player breakdown here. It's only two innings, so we're not going to know much, but it's a 40% CSW on the curveball. So that is good to see. Four called strikes on that one. Didn't get any whiff, but four called strikes on that one. Uh, so yeah, so it's much... Probably the curveball is definitely his best pitch on the day. He uses it to get that big strikeout. Uh, let's see what he got his other strikeouts on. If we go over to the results tab. And uh, one was on that high curveball, a high fastball. And then the last one was a curveball also to Robbie Grossman. A high curveball for a called strike on a 1-2 count. That would be his last uh, last hitter he would face. Obviously, the two hits in the first inning came on forcing fastballs. Uh, the Victor Reyes hit was a slider, and uh, the Willie Castro one was a curveball that was down. Both those pitches were down. Willie Castro's was out of the zone under the knees, and he went down and blooped that one out in the right field on a 2-2 count. He was protecting on a 2-2 count. Uh, Victor Reyes was on an 0-2 count, uh, so he's also protecting, you know, and they end up with bloop singles that turn into runs. So not a terrible day. From Hentges. Shaw, same thing in the uh in the eighth inning. He kind of gets he kind of gets blooped to death here. Uh he gets a after he walks Miguel Cabrera to lead off the inning, uh, he ends up giving up a uh on a cutter down the middle, he ends up giving a 74.1 broken bat single up the middle to Jamer Candelario. Then uh Ronaldo Nunez does hit the ball hard. He smokes one up the middle at 104.9 mile per hour exit velocity. Guess where it's located? Cutter right down the middle. And then finally, the hit that ends up driving in the run would be Eric Haas, who takes it off the handle. A cutter up and in. Uh, the exit velocity is 60.8 mile per hour exit velocity because it is just off the handle of the bat and just bloops its way past the infielders, and drops into the left field, left center field. It was hit so slow, it brings in two runs. So once again, it's the slow ones. Normally we talk about, you know, limiting exit velocity and stuff like that is a good thing. This time it kills the Indians. It turns into three runs against the Indians, and ultimately the go-ahead runs come in on weak, weak exit velocity. So that's a tough day for Indians pitchers where we ran a lot of guys out there and uh, and ultimately, Brian Shaw blows the game. I mean, this guy is always in there. And guess what? 17 cutters, two sliders, and one curveball. What happened to the guy that used to throw other pitches? I mean, Brian Shaw, I, it feels like he's completely given up on any pitch that isn't the cutter. And I don't remember that from the beginning of the season. When he came out of spring training... I thought one of the fun things was that he was changing and evolving as a pitcher. And that does not seem to be the case now. Going back to a random game from April, uh, actually that first home series against Detroit uh, on the Friday night game, uh, Shaw gets in, pitches a lot, throws a lot of pitches in this one, actually ends up giving up a home run and a walk in this one, but strikes out two in an Indians win. No, I guess I guess he's always been doing this all season. 19 cutters, one curveball, and one slider. So he has been doing this all season. Uh, going over to his baseball savant page, 
uh, and going over to his StatCast page, he's thrown that cutter 771 times. The slider 107, the curveball 48, the changeup 41, and the four-seam fastball five times. He just keeps throwing that cutter. And the righties, lefties, doesn't matter. He, The righties, he throws the slider to. He does not throw that slider to lefties. Only six times to a lefties as opposed to 101 times to righties. He'll throw the curveball and the changeup to lefties, um, not to righties. So, yeah, he, but he just loves that freaking cutter. Will not stop throwing it. Now, the batting average against is only 225. Uh, they're only slugging 310 against it, so... I mean, it's not a terrible pitch for him, but yeah, there's not a lot of whiff on that one. 23.7 whiff percentage as opposed to the slider and the curveball, which are up at 43 for the slider, 58% whiff rate from the curveball, uh, 42% whiff rate on the changeup. So they're sitting on that cutter. He's got to mix in those other pitches. He'd be so much more effective if Shaw would just mix in those other freaking pitches. Instead, all three of those hits off him were all on cutters. So yeah, so Alex Young comes in and cleans up his mess, but the damage is done, and the Indians' offense gets shut down one, two, three in the ninth inning. So the Tigers fans do not get to see a Miguel Cabrera home run, but they do get a Tigers win. Now let's talk about the other storyline here is that the Indians' offense actually climbed back into a game. After being in a hole, they come back and they end up tying it by the seventh inning. And I thought it was a decent job all the way around by the Indians' offense. I mean, almost everybody found a way to contribute. Yu Chang does go 0 for 4. Clement goes 0 for 3 with a walk. So those guys in the 7th and ninth spot, respectively, don't add much to the lineup. But everybody else found a way to contribute, right? Straw with uh, was on base twice with a double and a walk. He scores a run. Zimmer had two hits. He scored a run with a nice... Uh, Drag bunt to second base to set himself up to score. Jose Ramirez had two big hits to right center field. One gets to the wall for the triple. The other one gets cut off but still ends up being a double and a walk. So he's on base three times yesterday from Jose Ramirez. Um, and an RBI and a run scored for him. For Mio Reyes is able to drive in an RBI with a nice shot to right field. I think that's what Fermil Reyes needs to do to kind of get back into this thing to find his groove again is go to the opposite field. It feels like every time he's up, we're waiting for him to hit a three-run home run when he could just shoot the ball the other way, get some base hits, get that batting average back up. Both him and Ramirez have fallen into the 250s in their batting average. Uh, so, yeah, the base hits, if you take care of base hits, the home runs will come, the power will come. But Fermil Reyes has so many times struck out with runners in scoring position in big situations here. Uh, he struck out. In fact, he does it here in this game. He absolutely does it in this game. The uh, Indians have a chance to score. Uh, let's see, what inning was this in? This is in the seventh inning. This is the chance to tie the game here. The Indians are down three to four. Bradley Zimmer with that drag bunt single. Uh, Jose Ramirez would hit that double that doesn't quite split the outfielders there in the gap in right center field. So Zimmer holds a third. And Fermil Reyes is up with runners at third and second with nobody out. All he has to do is put it in play and tries for the, you know, he's he's trying for the big home run or something like that. He strikes out with these runners in scoring position just waiting 
just waiting for the big man to put some RBIs up on the scoreboard. And instead, it's Wilson Ramos who gets the job done with an easy ground out to shortstop. And Zimmer is flying off the bag on contact, scores easily. Ramos showing him how it's done. Fermil Reyes needs to be thinking RBI in that situation, not three-run home run. And that's the approach we need from uh, from Fermil Reyes right now. So the, what he does in the uh, fifth inning is the right thing here. After Jose Ramirez had tripled, it which had brought in Miles Straw, who had walked to start the inning, uh, he singles through that right side. It's 76.6 mile per hour exit velocity, but it's got a 700 expected batting average. That's a big difference there. Uh, that's a huge job from Fermil Reyes to bring in that run, right? To not waste a triple. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, Wilson Ramos is the one that strikes out after him on that one. Uh, but yeah, but uh, this strikeout here is huge. That could have been a monster seventh inning, and instead we have to fight the scratch across the game-tying run. Could have been a monster inning if Fermil Reyes had just taken the same approach. So yeah, um, Oscar Mercado is able to contribute. He hits an RBI double uh, early in the game in the second inning. Uh, that brought Wilson Ramos all the way around from first base. Wilson Ramos, not necessarily known for his sprint speed. Uh, the ball is kind of bobbled out there in uh, in left field. The left fielder has a little bit of trouble with it. And good on Ramos for, man, our, our Indians catchers, if there's one thing you can say about them, they are all hustling. His sprint speed is in, I had to look it up. Sorry, Wilson Ramos. It's in the seventh percentile. It is uh, one of the worst in the league, one of the slowest in the league. But I'm guessing that bottom 10, probably all catchers and first baseman. Let's be honest. Let's be fair. It's probably mostly catchers that make up that bottom 10% in sprint speed. And that's not what they're there for. But Wilson Ramos gets it done uh, in two different ways tonight. So a lot of guys contributing all over the board. Andres Jimenez didn't really get to contribute to the offense. Uh, No runs or no RBIs, but he was on base three times. He had a hit and two walks. So uh, Andres Jimenez, who is struggling to bring what he had in Triple A up to the mi- up to the majors, ends up on base three times. So we got to give him credit there in the OPS, right, with the on-base percentage. In fact, I pulled it up just to see how Andres Jimenez has done since coming back to the team and uh, for the month of August since he's been back, he's had 19 plate appearances, only two hits. He's hitting 133 since coming back with a 396 OPS. Now, this is a guy for the month of August down at A who's hitting 375 with a 974 OPS. So he was smoking the ball for the month of August in 17 plate appearances down there in A. Did not translate, however, since he's been called up that, you know, he did not stay that hot. Now, what I will give him credit for, Andres Jimenez, and we're going to keep an eye on Andres Jimenez for the rest of the season because obviously it plays a major factor in what happens with the middle infield next year. But what I can say is since he's been called back, he's walked three times and only struck out once. That's a good sign. Before going down for April and May, he had only walked three times and he had struck out 25 times. That's a tough ratio right there. But uh, having he's already equaled the amount of walks he had over two months here, over 85 plate appearances. Uh, he's met that already in just 19 plate appearances here in August. So 
at least that shows me something that he's being a way more patient up here uh, now in his second stint with the Indians. So we will continue to keep an eye on Andres Jimenez and see if he can bring that heat from AAA with him uh, up here at the major league level. But yeah, everybody else, uh, you know, found a way to contribute somehow. It just wasn't enough. They had chances for bigger innings, and they just kind of went by the wayside, especially that seventh inning. I thought you really had a chance to blow it open. I mean, they're into the Tigers' bullpen here. They're facing Cisnero. They knock Willie Peralta out after four and a third innings. Uh, those uh, those two runs in the fifth inning really do him in. And... Uh, for Willie Peralta, it's four in a third, six hits, three earned runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, for Sam Henches on the other side, it's only two innings, four hits. I know it looks bad. Three earned runs, no walks, though, and three strikeouts. It's a little bit encouraging. So, yeah, uh, it's a tough day for the Indians' bullpen. They cannot get it done on their bullpen day. So, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, we have got, I believe it's a day game. Yes, a 110 game. It's going to be Tristan McKenzie, and it looks like Hutchinson for the Tigers might be making his uh, Drew Hutchinson. It looks like he's making his season debut. Uh, yeah, he has not pitched since 2018 in the majors. So uh, making his uh, Tigers debut... Uh, how had he been doing in the minors? In the minors this season, in uh, Erie, he's been he's eight and three with a 3.63 ERA and 17 starts. So, having himself a decent AAA season, he's going to see if he can bring it up to the majors with him. McKenzie going for his second win of the season. Wow, I can't believe that because McKenzie has pitched so well lately. He still only has one win on the season. Let's see if the offense can help him out and get. The young guy, his second win on the season. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Remember, give the merch shop a you know a look, check it out. ClevelandBaseballMornings.myspreadshop.com. It's in the show notes. No matter what podcasting app you're listening on right now, the link is in the show notes. So go check it out. See if you want some Cleveland baseball mornings merch. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland baseball mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.